I talk so much on this show about media buying, about creative, about the things that are driving your ad account forward, and yet I have not given enough attention to something that may have a bigger effect than both of those on your ad account's performance, and that is the offer that you are giving your customers makes a huge difference to the performance of your ad. Sometimes like a really, really, really big difference to where it could be the thing that unlocks an ad account for some of my brands. It happened to me recently, and that's why it's top of mind for me. And so on the show today, I'm gonna be talking to you about the offer in your ads and really in any traffic that you're driving to the site and how big of a difference that can make and how to think about what a great offer is relative to your customer and your product. So hello and welcome to the Andrew Ferris Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the show, talking about offers. I think it's gonna be really helpful to you. Let's dive in. All right, here's the core idea of the episode. And I mentioned it in the intro, but it's this. It's that the offer that you are giving your customer is really, really important. And that is so obvious in some ways. In fact, if you think about what an offer is, it's almost impossibly obvious, right? Because I think of an offer as basically two things. An offer is the product plus the price. It's that simple. The product plus the price are the two things that make up an offer. Now you can frame the price a lot of different ways and you can talk about the product a lot of different ways, but I would consider those sort of tactics around ultimately what the offer is. And, and again, those, those can all make a really big difference too. But that offer very simply is what you are selling and how much you are selling it for. That's the offer you're giving to your customer. And I have recently seen uh, some accounts of mine where changing up offer, not even in a way that necessarily hurt my margin or that required larger discounts per se, changing up that offer could make a huge difference in the performance of a brand's customer acquisition. And that includes the meta ads account, but actually includes even more than that as we've, as we've expanded that to sending emails and doing all kinds of things that have driven traffic to the offer page that I am running. An offer page, broad term, that could be a landing page, that could be the PDP, it could be all kinds of things. But as you change the offer, you can see a huge performance difference. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And and here's the big idea I want to get. At. And by the way, how big of a difference has this made recently? At least for one account of mine, it like probably doubled the ad spend kind of overnight. Now, overnight is tricky. Like it took us a lot of learning to get there. We test a lot of different kinds of offers. This brand happened to have a bunch of landing pages, a bunch of offers pre-built when I got there. I also think this is kind of hard to test in meta ads. It can work with cost controls the way that I typically buy, bid caps, et cetera. But when you're changing the offer, it can be really tricky because typically changing the offer means also changing the average order value. So you have to be super attentive to how your CAC needs to change if you're buying meta ads and you're buying at meta ads specifically on highest volume or lowest cost optimization, right? Basically, optimize, telling meta to optimize for give me the lowest CAC possible. Well, if I, if I launch an offer page that has, is going to push people to push their AOV up $40 because I give them a giant bundle discount or something like that, right? Well, that's going to meaningfully change what CAC I need. Now my CAC probably needs to go up, you know, 20 bucks or some commensurate amount with the $40. And so testing this in, in an ad account can be a little bit tricky. Conversion data also is the slowest data that Meta can gather, right? So if you're, if the change in your performance happens down at the level of the conversion or the AOV, it's going to take a little bit of time for Meta to figure that out. And therefore, uh, and that's different than testing creative regularly. So I still do this with bid caps, with cost caps, but sometimes I will try to force a little bit of spend in a way that I don't usually do with most landing page testing. Frankly, I think the best way to test 
an offer is going to be something with a third-party tool. I actually don't have a great recommendation here. I know a lot of people use IntelliGems for price testing. Um, had some good experiences with them, but not no big strong opinion here about the actual methodology for making this test. So whatever method you use, there's maybe something there. And if you don't have a third-party tool and you don't want to do that, you can probably test this in meta ads just by running different ads, different ad sets with different offers. And just I would just separate those offers at the ad set level so you collect all the same AOVs basically as you run different offers. Uh, that way you can, if you're running bid caps or cost caps, or you're just opera, even if you're not, if you're just optimizing for highest uh, volume in general, that you're going to see the CAC needs to be relative to the AOV. It's a really important media buying principle. If you're buying lowest cost, highest value, excuse me, highest volume, then uh, that matters. So there's a basic idea how to do this. There's a lot of different ways. Actually, that is the reason why at first when I was working with this client, I kind of missed this. I didn't see it happening because Meta was not pushing spend to some of my ads that were aimed at some landing pages that had some offers, some bundle-based offers. So I was driving all this traffic to the PDP for a client. I've seen lots and lots and lots of money spent on ads going to the PDP for lots of product, for lots of products and brands in the past. It has worked well for many clients that I've worked on. And therefore, I didn't worry too much about it. I'm not sure this is making a huge difference. I'm going to commit to generating new creative for this client as the main thing I'm testing at first. And we'll do that. And started to see some forward movement as we did that, you know, built good media buying principles, all those things. But when I realized at some point that these offer pages, which were still kind of running quietly alongside my other spend, were producing a much higher AOV at the same conversion rate that I was previously running ads to, I suddenly started pushing a bunch more spend there by raising my bid cap against those ads. And when that happened, the whole account unlocked. And so spent 2x, maybe even coming close to 3x what I was spending before just by changing up that offer. Now, that opened my eyes and reminded me of this truth. And this is the thing, right, with media buying and, and digital advertising. There's just so many things to do. Like you can test creative and you can just do media buying stuff. And maybe you're trying to switch over to cost caps or bid caps or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of different stuff you can do. And so you can lose sight of these. And it was just a, a, a reminder right in my face that the offer can make a really, really big difference. And I tend to not be somebody who is a big believer in traditional CRO, conversion rate optimization, as something most brands should spend money on really under 10 million, even $20 million in revenue. You know, once you get to 15, 20 million, maybe you want to start spending on that. But it's just, in my experience, done very poorly lots of times. The testing methodology is bad. Tests aren't replicable. And so CRO, I think, can be kind of a quagmire in the e-commerce industry. It's just really hard to do very well. I'm sure some people are doing well and making money on it. But for me, it's a tends to be a smaller issue on the whole. And that's not really what I'm talking about here. I'm not, I don't care that much about the organization of information on the landing page. You should do all the basic stuff, right? Be clear. Make sure customers have the information they need. That stuff does matter to some degree, but I'm not talking about going and testing that stuff. So this is not really about landing page testing per se. It's about offer testing. And the mechanism by which you offer test can be a lot of different things. But ultimately, as long as you're giving people different offers, you can really change people's performance by just framing up what the customer gets when they purchase. And here's a, an underlying principle of what you're doing if you're running meta ads. If you are running meta ads, you are in the business of performance marketing, of direct response marketing. And one of the key principles with direct response marketing, this direct response advertising, is that you need to give somebody a reason to buy right now. I mean, think about it. If you're optimizing for one day click on meta ads, that means you're trying to get customers who are gonna go from ever having heard of your brand to clicking an ad and buying right now. And like for that customer, right, that customer who's going to buy right now, they, they, like, they need a reason to get their wallet out right at this very moment. And that reason very often 
is an offer. Now, again, offer in some sense is a generalized term. It could be your product at full price. That is an offer. Your product at full price is an offer. Okay, just really straightforward like that. But maybe you want somebody to have a reason to buy right now. And so you start thinking about offering different things as, as a way to get somebody to buy. And I want to tell you from the start that one of the mistakes I have made and seen many other people make over time, is they have been too concerned about being brand dilutive with their offers. What I mean is they see brands that are sort of monster legacy brands that never discount. And they say, we got to do that. And maybe that works for you. There are brands that can get away with that and it can work really well within their growth plans and all those things. And that's great. Like, so this, that may be the right decision, but I'll tell you, I have been historically too concerned about being brand dilutive, specifically on offers for first time customers uh, in the past. There's a lot of brands where if I ran them now, brands that I have before, I would have done all kinds of different things with the offer level than I've done before. And that would have included maybe some discounting, probably not just a pure discount, right? Like my least favorite offer, and this is an offer most people, are, a lot of people are running, is like 10 to 20% off, often 10% off on your pop-up right away on the site. Like that is an offer. You give me your email address, I'll give you 10% off. That's kind of a standard baseline offer that a lot of brands are doing. One of my least favorites. I just think you can move the needle a lot more than that. It may be a decent email capture strategy, although I'm skeptical of that too, to be honest with you. But I... I do think, though, that there is something, there's much typically more creative and better ways to frame this up depending on your product mix. And it can make a really, really big difference. It can meaningfully change the average order value you're running. Now, I actually also don't care that much about AOV per se, because AOV and CAT tend to be so highly correlated, right? People like the idea that they get, oh, $100 out of a customer instead of $50 out of a customer. That's fine. But if you have to, if the margin is 50%, on those products, and you have to go from twenty-five to fifty dollars in CAC, you made zero dollars in both situations. In both situations, right? So, I don't care that much about AOV per se, because CAC, at least on the customer acquisition side, tends to be commensurate with AOV. That said, what I do care about is margin and LTV, it's contribution margin in so many words, and including contribution margin over time. So, contribution margin can change. And here's, a, here's an important thing. Very often, it's the case, it, well, almost all the time, actually, in D2C, that a higher AOV has some built-in increase in margin because of the role that shipping plays and fixed costs like that play in the uh, movement of a product from you to the customer. And so what I mean is, if I ship two things and they're the exact same size to the customer, so I have item one and item two, let's use my example from before, Item one is $50 to the customer. Item two is $100. But they're, they're literally the same size, the same weight to customers, the same distance from my warehouse. Item two, knowing nothing else about the product, assuming, and let's, yeah, let's say they also are the same exact percentage margin on COGS, okay? Raw, just like pure COGS. Okay, let's call them, uh, let's call them both 30% margin, okay? The percentage margin is the same on both. So the variable costs are the exact same. However, and let's even say the CAC's, the CAC's the same. However, Item two, by nature of costing more money to the customer, actually has better margins landed to the customer because shipping costs the same amount for both and therefore takes up less. So if I have to pay $5 to ship item one, which is probably about right for a lot of them, that's 10% of the margin that goes into shipping, even if I charge for shipping, right? Item two that I, that I charge $100 for, if I, or if I pay that same $5 with shipping, now it's only 5% of the margin. 
And that means that I may have an opportunity on item two to actually give the customer some of that 5% back. I can try and pocket it myself, or I can pay it in CAC and be willing to go higher on CAC, or I can actually give some of that money in margin. The other cost in there, and this is a smaller one, is fulfillment costs. Usually most 3PLs, most warehouses are going to charge you a flat processing fee on every order that you send out the door, right? And it's going to be Let's call it two dollars. It depends. Different different three PLs charge different ways, but call it two dollars. Okay. Again, that two dollars is what four percent of the fifty dollar order, and it's only two percent of the one hundred dollar order. Those two points of margin matter. They matter, and that means you get some margin back. So, larger orders can produce higher margin, and therefore, there can be incentive to getting a customer to buy a to place a larger order. Plus, if you're bundling, and if LTV is a significant part of your business. Don't forget that larger orders often mean that you've gotten another product into a customer's hand, and that may have a meaningful effect on their LTV. It really might. It might have a meaningful effect on their LTV because now you've gotten the second product. And that can be a really big difference maker. So, so increasing AOV, including at the cost of potentially a discount, can be a really, really good idea. And I think more brands should think about that. And then you go track their LTV relative to each margin or relative to each offer, and there's some things to watch out for downstream. But that basic concept can be a good reason to try to get people to place a larger order, even if the percentage margin is about the same. All right. So what I want to spend the rest of this episode doing is talking about different offers because they are perceived so differently by customers. And by giving customers a, a reason to get their wallet out and buy right now, your ads can perform drastically better and therefore you can scale more effectively. All right. So let's talk about some different approaches and what kinds of brands should be thinking what kind of ways. Let's start generally with my probably favorite way to start for most brands, if I can, and that's the simple good, better, best offer, okay? You've seen this on a million software pages. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's when you present the customer with three options and the goal is to get them to take the middle one. And you do that by giving no discount or a small discount on one product. You give them a discount on, you know, middle, mid-sized bundle and then a better discount on a large bundle. And the goal is generally to push them to the middle, okay? So classic would be 0% off, 10% off, 20% off. Sometimes you might go 10, 20, 30, depending on your margins and your product and all those kinds of things. You might think about this as, as a gift with purchase type thing. And this probably is worth framing here. If there's at least three kinds of offers that are really standard, one of them would be a, a straight discount. Another one would be a tiered discount. Like you add more stuff, you get, you get a larger discount. Uh, this, that's similar to like a BOGO actually would, would function that way to some degree. Buy one, get one free. It's a little different, but there you go. Another offer might be a gift with purchase. Okay. And all of those broad, of things can work in all of these frameworks, right? You could do a BOGO version of a good, better, best offer. So you could say, buy one of my products, we'll call it widget, we'll, we'll call it one widget, okay? Buy one widget, you get nothing with purchase. Buy two widgets, you get uh, the third one 50% off. Buy three widgets, you get the fourth one free, okay? So you could frame you could frame it that way. That would be one way to, to do a good, better, best offer, et cetera. And, uh, or you could do gift with purchase that way, right? Buy one widget, it's no gift with purchase by two widgets. It's a small gift with purchase by three widgets. It's going to be a better gift with purchase or whatever. Or maybe maybe there's even a combo, right? It's like a discount and a gift with purchase, et cetera. So that can be, I think, one of the one of the most helpful things. For the brand that has relatively few options and you know what the customer is going to want to buy or you can suggest it, basically a brand where a customer does not need to browse. Good, better, best works great. And I strongly recommend you do it. It can be a major, it's basically a bundle builder offer. It can be a major way that you drive customers to add products to their cart. They get a good deal. 
you get more products in your hands, you get more margin, and you can push the AOV forward, and that can work well. Another thing that happens with good, better, best that's great is that conversion rate and average order value are inversely related to one another, right? So as a broad principle, the more something costs, the lower the conversion rate. Somebody reached out to me at one point who was selling motorcycles online, and I can just assure you the conversion rate on motorcycles is going to be a lot lower, you know, however many, you know, in the, in the five figures, however many thousands of dollars motorcycles cost, right? It's going to be a lot lower, that conversion rate is going to be a lot lower than when I was selling Kalo rings for $30 or $20 or whatever it cost at the time. Okay, so those two things are going to work like this, which means as your AOV comes down, your conversion rate goes up, just like that. So the thing is, though, they are not linear. What I mean is they don't actually function exactly like this where one moves at the exact same rate. What I think happens is that conversion rate doesn't come down as fast as AOV goes. And so if you push your AOV up, your conversion rate will come down, but it won't come down. So let's start, let's start my hands here, okay, if you're watching this, right? AOV goes up a bunch, conversion rate comes down, but maybe not as much. And if that's the case, then that means your click just got more valuable. And it can be a really economically effective way to drive additional value on every click that you drive to the site. And that's exactly what I've seen happen on one of the clients of mine that triggered this episode, okay? So that can be a really, really valuable thing. What's more, you can test this down to the ad level, by the way. And I should have said that earlier. You can test all of this down to the ad level. You can put at the end of your, uh, at the end of your ad, here's the reason to buy now, here's the offer, et cetera. And you can see if that can make it. Okay, so good, better, best. I really like good, better, best offers. I like a, an information-rich landing page that frames that up with a good, better, best offer at the end. Really simple. The design you've seen a million times on an e-commerce landing page. Get the information there. Get people what they need to know to buy and then frame your offer that way. Think about what it is that makes sense. And for you and your brand, again, the idea here is the customer doesn't have to browse. They've already got some information from your ad. They've already got some, some information from your email, whatever is driving them there, from the affiliate that's driving them there, from the Google ad that's driving them there. And now what they can do is they can go and see they can go and they're looking for the product that you recommended to them, but now you're also going to suggest to them other products, or maybe you even say that at the ad level, like I said. And for that customer, it's a nice tight funnel. It gives them a reason to buy right now and you go from there. That can be really, really effective. That was the offer type that worked that triggered this episode. I am watching businesses spend too much money on their OPEX, on their SGNA. Their fixed costs are too high. And there is no reason for it when there are the great people and more staffing help you not only with your already lean team, but up add team members to that still lean team from the Philippines who are incredible e-commerce professionals. And you can add them at a price that is lower for you than hiring that same talent domestically in the US, but a great price for, in the Philippines is a win-win. And so you can get incredible e-commerce professionals, attract great talent from the Philippines who know e-commerce inside and out across every part of the business. I'm talking about supply chain, operations, like inventory, demand planning, marketing, everything you can think of, customer service, everything you can think of. I have had incredible experience with my friends at More Staffing. They've been my sponsor on this show for a long time because I keep hearing back from people who have heard from me about More Staffing, working with them to hire up talent from the Philippines for their businesses, and it has worked out great. It is an obvious thing to me at this point in e-commerce that you should be considering adding talent from the Philippines to your business if you are looking to add talent at all. It is just a win-win, as I said earlier. Go to morenow.co, tell them that I sent you. I work with them myself personally. The majority of my team at this point is in the Philippines. 
and that's because they're great. And so go to morenow.co, tell them I sent you, get incredible talent in the Philippines. They will help you do a ton of the work, present you with great candidates. You will interview them just like any other interview process. They will speak good English. They'll be great for your team. Go to morenow.co, work with great talent in e-commerce from the Philippines. Okay, number two, the save as you build offer, okay? And again, this is what I think of as the offer for brands we're browsing as part of it. And the key category here is probably apparel, but really anything, anything like that where somebody would want to go and put together a collection for themselves where it really doesn't work very well for me to like try and get exactly the product I want to get into your hand, right? With apparel, like somebody needs to be able to go look around a little. Now you can do some stuff to guide them towards certain products, right? A good filtering system, how you merchandise the website makes a real big difference with apparel. But ultimately, they're going to make the choices that they want to make and you want to make that easy for them. And so what do you do? You uh, build something on the site that is the classic sort of progress bar where it's like, okay, look, if you get past $50, you get free shipping. If you get past 75, you get 10% off. If you get past 100, you get 20% off, whatever. And give them clear reason and then reinforce that everywhere you go in the site. Now, this can also be really, really effective for the exact same reasons. And by the way, now you're adding things to a, to a box. And so it is going to be more expensive to ship every time you add something, but it is not linearly more expensive. Once again, same concept. And so there's often very good reason for you as a brand to get more items into a customer's cart because it's going to be uh, margin additive for you in that respect, even as you give a discount. You can also play in this situation and any LTV brand situation with a tool like Fondue. I've never used this personally, but I've heard some really good stories about how something like that gives cash back instead of a pure discount. And that can be really margin additive as well. It makes a lot of sense to me. I haven't seen if customers respond to cash back quite with the same way they respond to other stuff, but, but that can make a really big difference as well. So that's another way of thinking about this. Now, apparel is not the only category here. And I'm actually working with a brand right now that I'm seeing build a really careful, thoughtful, guide you by the hand experience to help you put together your cart. This is a brand that has a whole bunch of different stuff that you're going to put in each order. Like each order requires a lot of selecting of products, but there's an incredibly broad SKU set that you can select from. So the, the client now is, is working with a developer to build out sort of a a guide you by the hand experience where we're going to walk you through each part. And as we walk you through each part of the thing that you need to build with a lot of customization, as we do that, now what we're going to do is we're going to show you as you add to your, to your cart that you are also getting a better discount along the way as you keep adding. And so maybe why not add one more thing, et cetera, because there's just a huge range of choices you could make. And so that's sort of a combo sort of thing. And that gets me to one of my favorite mechanisms for presenting an offer that can really frame up how to get the right product into people's hands. Because it's not just price, it's also product. So presenting the right product to customers, one of the core things you can do to do that effectively is quiz. I've talked about this before. I did a whole episode about using a quiz because I think it can be so effective. But you can use a quiz to get people into something like a guide you by the hand experience for building a whole cart. Or maybe more likely, you can use a quiz to get people to a good, better, best offer. In that case, you're just aligning the recommendation of the three different items in that offer to the, customer's, to the customer's choice. And you're just helping them sort through the website to go get the choice. And that's basically the argument I made in the episode I did before. Very often a quiz functions like a salesperson in a retail environment who comes over and says, can I help you find what you're looking for? And now you're gonna guide that person by the hand and say, yes, here's what it is. And by the way, once I'm helping them find what they're looking for, I'm also showing them, oh, and by the way, here's the reason you should buy right now. The thing you're looking for is actually on sale as long as you add this other thing to it. Here's the reason you should go to it right now. And it won't be on sale for forever, et cetera, right? 
that can be really, really powerful as well is to combine a quiz with either of those approaches. Now, some of these may get a developer involved and it may get a little bit tricky, but it, it can be such a big difference maker that I think it's worth doing. All right, next, okay, from there, is a big subscription discount. And this is the last offer I wanna talk about today, but it's something I've also seen be really, really effective, which is get rid of the choices for customers. If you wanna get somebody into a subscription that's good for them, subscription customers are just drastically more valuable than non-subscription customers. And that in one sense is tautology. And what I mean is there's a major selection bias problem here. The kind of person who subscribes is the kind of person who wants your product enough to order it automatically, right? To have it show up to their house and charge your card without thinking about it. They're probably already pretty invested in general, at least the way you build subscriptions now. But I am watching brands who have a good case for subscription where the refill or um, restock cadence is predictable and regular and it's not too expensive and all those things where subscription really can work great for both the customer and the brand. I subscribe to a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I love it. My paper towels just show up at my house. I've figured out how often I need paper towels to show up and they show up and it's great. So does my toilet paper. So do my daily electrolyte supplement, like all, all a bunch of stuff that I can use like that. And I love it. It's a great experience for me because there's one less thing to think about. Like coffee, coffee's another thing I subscribe to. It's fantastic. And so for you, if you can opt a customer into that from the start in a way that's actually helpful for them, if they like your product and canceling time or whatever, it can be really, really good and reduce the friction of them reordering, even if they like the the product, sometimes people just forget they got a lot going on. And so I think the offer here is massively discount that first subscription. And, and that's because in my experience, massively discounted subscriptions, or at least very high perceived value, because in my experience, so much of the time, as long as it's not like free plus shipping, like the most extreme discount that people will do. In my experience, those customers are still really, really valuable to businesses when they are subscription customers. So you can afford to give away a lot a lot on the first purchase if people will subscribe and they won't churn. Again, be careful about this. Measure it. Don't go spending at a giant loss all the time because you just think LTV will probably work. If you're going to go down this route of us being a subscription business at all, you've got to measure LTV. And by the way, some brands shouldn't be subscription brands. Like, just like, don't try to force people into subscription if it doesn't make sense for your, for your company. <laughs> you know, when I was running FC Goods, I was going to try to get somebody to subscribe to a wallet. The Ridge guys are probably not getting people to subscribe to a wallet or a ring or a pen or whatever, right? But like, if your product makes sense for that, if it's CPG in some way, like, then try this and build the whole lander around. Here is how good of an offer you get when you subscribe today. It is really awesome. It works great. And I have seen this be incredibly, incredibly effective. The whole lander goes there. There's one offer. There's no good, better, best. And it's just, it's just here's the offer you get when you subscribe. Very often a gift with purchase works great for this. You have to figure out a swap on the back end so they don't get the gift of purchase every time from there. But if you can give a high perceived value gift on the first purchase and then it opts them into a subscription as well, man, that can be a very, very powerful thing. So if you have subscription products and you have not given real time to a subscription-focused lander that opens up, that leads with that offer, and then a funnel built around getting people there, you really should try. It's just an asymmetric bet. There's massive upside on subscription customers because they offer three, four, 500% LTV in a year. I've seen higher than that it's for subscription customers. But if it's a 30-day subscription, they can be incredibly valuable. And a one year is an arbitrary cutoff date, by the way. Those customers often will last in year two and year three, just sticking on your product. So it can just be really, really valuable. So consider a very strong offer there. And if you have subscription products 
products that make sense for subscription, but you haven't sought to really develop a subscription funnel for those customers that gives them a really good offer, man, you should really try. I think it's, it's really worth it because of the value of that customer is so outsized. All right, that's all of the ones I could think of, but there's probably a whole bunch more. Like I said, BOGO, uh, I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about not even really giving big time to gift with purchase, even though I think that is really effective. That's one of the things I've seen work really, really well is that good, better, best, where the, the gift with purchase is the better and the best uh, is in there. C combined discount plus, plus gift with purchase. Those can work really well. You get the idea though. Find where it works for you on a, from a margin perspective. Do the math and then go give an offer and start testing it because it really can take ads that are already working or are close to working and get them to go a lot further for you. All right, that's it for today's show. So many good episodes coming up so soon. Don't miss them. I have a lot of really good stuff, including my beard brand opening the books. I've been pumping that up for so long. I'm so close to having that ready to go. It's in the very last stage of edit and prep to get going. Uh, there's a whole bunch there. I've done a whole bunch of work to get that ready to go. And I've got more guests coming up. Cody Plofker is coming back. Don't miss out on that. My most popular episode ever was with Cody Plofker. We talked media buying. I said, Cody, come back. Give the people what they want. And so he's going to come back. So, so subscribe right now, wherever you're watching, listening, etc. And I do appreciate it so much. If you love this episode, it's helpful to you. Best thing you can do is share it with a friend. If that's a way you'd like to say thank you to me, help spread the show and helps get useful content, I hope, to other people in the trenches of running DTC brands. So that would be a huge help to me. And also, of course, ratings and reviews. People always talk about on podcasts. Also really help. So thank you for that as well. If you would like to respond to this, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at andrew at ajfgrowth.com. You can go to my website, ajfgrowth.com. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm probably fastest there, at Andrew J. Ferris. So go do that as well. More staffing. Go work with more staffing. What am I even thinking? The greatest sponsor in the history of the world. Go work with more staffing. Staff up your team. Keep your team lean, but hire great people at the same time. It's a win-win for everybody. Incredible talent from the Philippines in your e-commerce business. They should join you. And you should use more staffing to go recruit and train and onboard and coach them along the way. Morenow.co. Tell them I sent you there. Morenow.co to work with more staffing. I use them personally. You should too. All right, that's it. I will see you next time.